Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. So today I'm delighted to be joined by Skip. Lovely to see you, Skip. Really looking forward to this. Good to see you. Excited yeah. to be here. So we had um, Skip works with uh, uh, with Herbie and um, uh, Herbie was a great, just had a great conversation with him. Uh, so I'm going to put a link in the, in the show notes. Uh, so you can check out Herbie's, uh, Herbie's interview. So Skip works with Herbie uh, at Lifeline. And Herbie said, you've got to get got Skip, got Skip on the show. So, so here we are. Um, we're looking forward to this because uh, he's such an inspirational guy to, 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 to work with. And it's, it's kind of it's good news all around because you just shared that you're, you've just found out you're pregnant. With a, 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 yeah. A, the, the, the reveal party. Yes, it was a blast. It's a blast. So it's going to be a little, going to be a little boy. So congratulations again. So thank you. Her, Herbie said she's got a great story. So we've just been discussing about what we what we should uh, what we should talk about. So the, our aim with the Thriving Adoptees podcast is kind of the inspirational story um, uh, and the empowering learnings. And so I was saying, well, what do you want me to talk about? I've got it. it's a long story. I said, well. If you think about the kind of the learnings that you'd most like to share with the adoptees and adoptive parents listening, and then kind of work back and talk about the, the, the story um, that's uh, that'll kind of lead into that, that'll kind of lead into that learning. Because for me, the, the things that have most helped me in my life and my adoption stuff is when my perspective has shifted. So what we want to do, what and what we're always trying to do with the Thriving Adoptees podcast is bring new perspectives to you, the listener, uh, in, in the hope that that might shift some perspectives for you and, 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 and you and your family's life will be better. So does that all make sense, Skip? It does. Yeah. yeah. So please, could you, could you share a, a little bit of your, of your story? Yeah. So I am one of 11 kids. Um, so... My family's been quite impacted by adoption and by foster care here in the U.S. So eight of my siblings are adopted. Um, and so we've just, my life has been so impacted by the adoption process and by the adoption journey. And I feel like kind of a unique perspective that I have is that of a sibling. Um, and I think as parents, think about pursuing adoption or, you know, um, they're nervous if they have biological kids about what, what will this do for, you know, the kids that are already in my home. And so I, I kind of have a unique perspective and, you know, I currently work in orphan care ministry, uh, here in the U S and so clearly I've been impacted in a positive way. Um, but a little bit about my background, just so you have an idea, is I was born and the day after I was born, my mom actually passed away. Um, and so I am also an orphan. My dad's still alive, but, you know, a single orphan um, who, who lost my mom. And so when I was five years old, my, my dad got remarried and they have two biological kids. Um, and so I'm the oldest, obviously. Um, and since then they've adopted eight, as I said earlier, 
um, from from all over. So let's see, three of them are from China, two are from Ethiopia, and then the others are domestic adoptions. And two of those domestic adoptions are through the foster care system. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about my background. Wow. So yeah, your mum died the day after you were born. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that, that's been, you know, an interesting experience of, you know, how do you grieve for somebody that you never knew? And, um, I'm sure that you as, you know, as an adoptee have had a similar experience. Um, but yeah, I, Can you share a bit a little bit how that's been for you? Yeah. Um, I think most of my life I didn't realize, you know, that it was impacting me in any way. And then I got to college and, you know, my mom now um, who adopted me actually uh, when I was five, she's my mom and, you know, she functions as my mom and I love her just as my mom. And we have a relationship of a mother daughter, but I really in college started to think, um, what would it have been like to know my mom? What, what my birth mother, what does that look like? Who, who was she? What was she like? Um, asking a lot of questions and, and trying to reach out to her friends and getting to know more about who she was. Um, and so that was a, that was a journey and experience and, um, a grieving process for me, uh, as I, as I learned more about her, um, and she was a great woman. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Is it painful? Yeah, it, it's not as painful as it was. Um, I think I've, I've grieved a lot and I've been through that grieving process, um, but it was painful for a while. And we're still, I mean, I'm still very close with my maternal grandparents. And so, you know, it's always hard for them, especially seeing different life stages for me and watching them as they grieve those life stages. And so that could be difficult too. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Um, my, my own take on this is that it becomes a bit well I call it the trauma ball that's what my experience was like right so I didn't I, I didn't have any pain uh, I didn't feel any grief uh, and Till I read a book called The Primal Wound that told me that I should do. So when I talk about the trauma ball, I, I talk about like a, like when we make a snowball. So you scoop up some snow, mm-hmm. and then you roll it. You, you roll it along the. You, roll it, you make it the size of an egg, yeah, and then you roll it along the ground, and it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so if you, that's a snowball. I found myself unwittingly, innocently, um, inadvertently, whatever way you want to say, not on, not on purpose, 
um, accidentally, creating a trauma ball. So the more I thought about it, the worse it got. The more I believed that I was wounded, the more wounded I felt. And I've got a really, I've got a really weird um, analogy for this. Uh, so I had a friend of mine did a um, did a new kitchen for us, made a new kitchen for us um, about fifteen years ago. And the um, I, I gave him a budget, and then my wife kind of like spent that and hundred and fifty percent again. And I was a little bit cheesed off about this, right? Mm-hmm. And and I said to the guy, "Can you do anything?" About it? I said, "Well, that's the cost." I said, "Well, that that's fair. That's fair. You know, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to um, uh, say that it's not worth it. I'm just saying that you know, I gave my wife the budget of this, and if I'd known it was that, then I probably wouldn't have gone with you. I'd have gone with a different alternative. But mm-hmm. he kind of took, he, he took it a bit personally. And then a few years later, I was talking to him about it." Um, and I, I made a joke about it, and he got he got really upset. Uh, and and then I uh, and then so I I apologised, and then I apologised the next day. I sent a text or a voicemail to apologise. And he, and then when I spoke to him the following a couple of months later, he said, "The more I thought about it, the worse it got." Hmm. And it it's like does that make any sense? It's like that's how that adoption felt for me. Like it, 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 I didn't feel that I was grieving. I didn't feel like I was wounded until somebody told me that I was wounded. And and then the, and I and I, I rolled the trauma ball. Or I, I, the more I thought about it, the kind of the worse it gets. Does that make any sense? Or? Yeah, it does. I, I agree. Um, I definitely didn't think anything was wrong. You know, I thought you know, everything was normal. And it was more for me seeing, you know, friends and, you know, the relationships that they had and some things that were going on in my life. And I was like, what would it have been like, you know, to know my mom? Um, And so, and, and once I started thinking about it, just like you said, I started, you know, kind of snowballing um, and, and, and really beginning that grief process. And so, yeah. so in a sense, yeah, it was very similar yeah. to that. And in, in, in a sense, yeah. And, and also innocent, innocently, you know, like we don't do right. it on purpose. We right. don't, but it becomes a kind of, it, it becomes, I, 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 um, uh, I think it's like, it becomes like a little vortex for me. And we kind of like, I buy into the vortex, you know, and yeah. it kind of disappeared on it. Yeah. And I've been, I mean, as I said, like, I'm not grieving as much anymore. And I really think that, that the Lord has done a work in my heart and has given me so many, yeah. you know, good things in, in, in my mom now and, you know, in my dad and his faithfulness and the way that he raised me. Um, and so I'm, I'm so thankful for, for where I am. Um, but there is that trauma and that, you know, that grief. So it's like, um, it's like, we, we go down a, a, like a, a, a rabbit hole. 
mm-hmm. and, and then we get pulled back towards the light. Yeah. So the further we go down, the, the, the further we go down the vortex or the rabbit hole, the darker it gets. And then we come back up to the, we come back up to the top again, we turn around and, right. and, and a lot of people don't turn around. Right. Exactly. So, and, and for me, you know, that, that is, yeah, the light is, is, yeah, so this know, is a, this I've is really a, been brought out of that. Yeah. It, it, so that for you, this is a, this is a God thing. It's the God. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and yeah, we, so what brought me to the light back, turned around into the light was a, a kind of a God thing, but more of a spiritual kind of re- spiritual thing rather than religious thing. Um, I, I read something over the weekend. Um, a quarter of Americans see themselves as spiritual, but not religious. No, something like that. You know? So mm-hmm. it, w- what I mean, like we believe there's, 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 there's you know, something, else in, something else in charge. Right. And, and it's, so I can see, you know, like a similarity between the kind of uh, you, how your faith has helped you and right. how my, my faith has helped me. It's not a religious faith, but it's, it's, it's like more of a spiritual thing. And, and yeah, we talk, there's so much in, in the adoption world it's all about psychology, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's all about psychology and trauma and very little about the deeper stuff, you know, before psychology. Sure. Uh, uh, beyond psychology. Psychology apparently used to, it used to include the kind of, it had a spiritual aspect to it. But then it got shifted somewhere along the line to kind of behavior, behavior type thing. And then that didn't quite work. So they shifted it to kind of like emotional stuff. And, you know, but before the feelings weren't really talked about apparently until like the 50s and 60s and stuff. And then, mm-hmm. so for me, you know, like we're, um, we're all lost in thought, aren't we? To, to a lesser or greater degree. We're, we're, we're lost in our trauma. Well, what's the thing that's lost? It's kind of like who, who we are. We lose ourselves, not our selves like our ego self, but the true self, yeah? Like um, somebody said to me, uh, ego, a few years ago, I thought it was lovely. I thought they stood for, ego stands for earth guide only. Hmm. Earth guide only, yeah. I thought that was great. So, so what... What role does faith have for you in this? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it it explains everything um, and has also brought me out of this because for me, you know, Jesus, I believe that Jesus is my savior um, and that he endured a trauma that I can't imagine. Um, and knowing that he's experienced that in the same way, you know, in a even greater way than I've experienced it, that, that I can now, you know, have hope in him and that he understands, um, what's going on. And then, you know, 
adoption wise, you see that in the scriptures all over the place. Um, and it's that Christ adopted us as heirs. And so it kind of gives me a picture of, you know, in my earthly life, in, you know, my earthly life, I've been adopted by my mom. Um, but not only in my earthly life, now in my spiritual life, I've been adopted into the family of, of God. And so that's been a huge impact for me um, and has really made my faith real in ways that I think others, you know, may not be able to experience as fully. Yeah. Um, so are, are you saying that the, uh, the stuff that you went through at college led this to happen? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. 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 So it kind of like you were religious before, but this, this kind yeah. of turned the needle right up, turned the dial right up or off the Correct. scale. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I think my experiences and, and even now, you know, as I, as I grow, um, that, that those things have, have made my faith more real and have, you know, brought s- substance and understanding of things that I didn't understand before. And a big part of that was, you know, those things that I was going through in college and that grief that I was experiencing. Yeah. Wow. The key word for me there that I wanted to bring a mention was the word experience. Um, Because you talked about experience, you talked about understanding. And I think that in most Western conversations, when we think about understanding, we're talking about kind of like an intellectual yes, no. Right. Yeah, like a one or a zero in computer terms. It's a one or right. it's a binary, it's in the head. It's like a yes, no. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. It and it's, and, and it's, a, it's a binary. Whereas something like what we're talking about, what it sounds that like you're talking about here is a deeper understanding an understanding that is experienced, that is kind of embodied, like we talk about the word, people use this word, an embodied understanding. So you're talking about something that's far more profound than a, a, an idea like, oh, oh yeah, I woke up one morning, oh yeah, Jesus is my saviour, that's it. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's, right. you know, it sounds even stupid as I say that, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Right. And you can say like, oh yeah, I believe this, which I'm like, you may believe that and that's great. But when you experience something, when, when, when something happens in your life and, and you have this, you know, experience where you can really point back to what happened, it, it's so much deeper, um, so much deeper than, than just a head knowledge, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because I, I have done one podcast recording that I've not used um, because uh, it was just far too intellectual. I kept on asking the person to try and bring, bring, um, bring what, what they were talking about to life, give it some depth, give, and, and that person didn't, wasn't able to do that. And as a as a result, it was a very superficial um, 
conversation that I just I, I just couldn't use it. I listened back to it, and as I as I was, I was working really hard on on the on the um, uh, on the conversation to try and bring it into something that would give value, add value mm-hmm. that I felt would add value to the listeners, and I couldn't get it. And the person that I was speaking to was really really bright, so I I didn't feel that I was able to gently question or challenge her or because mm-hmm. I, I I knew that she would um, run rings around me intellectually but it, it just didn't have any depth to, to the it just didn't have that so I, unfortunately I listened back to it I was pretty sure it was going to be no good I listened back to it um, and so there's there's no substitute for lived there's no substitute for lived experience in this thing exactly exactly it brings a level of profundity is that a word? Is that the, the noun that comes off profound? I don't know. I think it does. I don't know. I, don't know. I like it. It's you great. Know, <laughs> it sounds a bit profundity. It sounds, oh, hello. It sounds like <laughs> I should be uh, sipping gently. Yeah. A bone dry in a chair. Simon, who's exactly. a profound chap. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so um, yeah, does that make sense? That, like, that's what we're, we're trying to get to depth. We're trying to get to depth here in a world that wants 10 ways to do this and 15 ways to, to do that. What should I do about this? Like, well, go figure, you know, <laughs> give it some thought. Right. Give and it, I give think... Thought, pray on it, you know, if praying on it is your thing or, or, or meditating on it. If, if meditation is your thing, if, if religion is your thing, give it some time. Um, don't just you know, outsource your, um, your your life solutions, you know, like agony ants and people. Right. And I think, you know, for, for your audience um, of, of adoptees and, and adopt potential adoptive parents that, you know, this is, this is a journey and, you know, as well as I do that, you know, it's, it's a process and you're, you're grieving and you're moving towards, um, you know, learning more about your past, learning more about, you know, what could have been learning more about where you are now. And, um, it's all a process of, of growth and regardless, um, of who you are. And I think, the way that you look at that and the way that you approach that process can determine whether you're thriving or not. <laughs> and, you know, it's called thriving adoptees. And so how do you thrive? I think, I think you approach that process with openness to learn and realizing it's not going to be easy and there's a lot of grief and hardship. Um, but that this is a learning process and a growth process. Yeah. The the, the grief and the trauma thing uh, is on my mind all the all the my uh, on my mind all the time. Not because I'm trying to figure ways. We live in this. I, I talk to a lot of people about this. I mentioned this a lot. You know, that I think that we've become trauma obsessed. And I think we should be hope obsessed or, you know, if we're religious, we should be faith obsessed or God obsessed or, you know, whatever we call it. We should be focusing on the light, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, we should be focusing on the light rather than darkness because 
it, what we what we focus on gets bigger. So if we are focused, um, and that that sounds like it sounds great. It sounds great to me, but I don't know whether it makes sense to anybody. I, I, for me, the key thing is that we are not our grief. It's that there's we are not our, we are not our grief. We are not our trauma. So um, right. If, and if there we, is hope. And there is, and, yeah. and th th there is hope because of that. So, yeah. you, you know, if, if we, you know, it, 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 I don't know, would you say get children of God? If we're children of God, like if, we, if, if that's who we are, we're children, we're children of God, God going through trauma or we're, we, we, we're you know, we're ch children, uh, children of God going through grief. But the hope is in the hope is in the in, in the in, in the fact that we're children of God, and that right. we're going through it. And you know, and 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 people say, don't they? Um, if you're going through, if you if you're going through, um, if you're going through hell, keep going, keep going, because it's not who we are. If we're going through trauma, going through grief, and for me that and and that's why it fades, right. Uh, you know, as we go, as we go, uh, if we as we turn around and w walk back to the to the light, because we're drawn to the the hope of this stuff, then we kind of we leave we leave the trauma we leave we leave the trauma behind because the, the the way is clearer because we're no longer heading into the darkness we're heading back into the to the light stuff, but. This seems all, it seems great to me, but I think of all this really hardcore trauma training that I've listened to and you think, oh, well, yeah, this is, you know, we really need to understand it. But do we? I mean, isn't it, isn't it about hope? Isn't it a bit, bit about being hope obsessed and focused on the growth, focused on the curiosity and, 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 the, and the grief? We, we leave the grief and the trauma in, in our wake. Isn't, isn't that what more is about? Or... Am I, am I just, uh, I'm kind of checking in whether, because this all makes perfect sense to me to do it that way, right? But, yeah. you know, it, it's, 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 not, it's, it's not what we hear in, in Dan Hughes, CI, you know, all the DIP, right. all that stuff. Yeah, I think yes and no. So I think, yes, we should be focused on that hope that that is, that should be our focus. But I think we also need to understand the yeah. trauma and the grief because um, not only can we understand what we're experiencing, but we can understand what others ex are experiencing. And so if we can understand what others are experiencing, then we can help point them towards the hope with the understanding of this is their trauma and grief. And so how can we move forward with that? And so I think there's value to understanding it, but I completely agree that the hope is what you should be focused on. You know, that, that, that is, that is the end goal. And that is, you know, that is what should define you is that hope. Um, and, you know, in, in my case, that's the gospel. Um, but understanding that trauma can give you a good idea of, okay, how can we look out of this trauma towards that hope? Um, and so I think there's value in learning about the trauma 
but always keeping that hope in perspective. I, I think for me, it's it's that, that you know, trauma-informed, hope-obsessed. And the reason that I'm so big on it is because I think that if we, it's a slippery slope. Like, oh, I need to do another trauma training course. And like, oh, my, 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 you know, like it's difference, it's difference between um, trauma, having trauma or having experienced trauma. Oh, yeah. Having grief or being grief, being, you know, a traumatized child, right? It, it's, well, it's a bit like, um, um, uh, you know, the other, the other one is, uh, the other one is, um, you know, an, an alcoholic or alcoholism, right? So if if we identify with it, uh, if we say, I, 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 I tra- you know, Simon is traumatized, you know, right. Simon is traumatized, um, then uh, and you're thinking you, you're going to be looking for what's wrong with Simon. Right. That shouldn't define who you are. No, that isn't so who you are. Simon has been through trauma. Right, exactly. If you, know, if you think I have, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, 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 so yeah, um, you wouldn't use that word with grief, would you? We wouldn't use that. You say, I'm grieving. I'm, I'm, I'm grieving. I've experienced. Grieving is a process. Yeah, it's an experience. Right. It's a, yeah, we don't. Um, we don't identify with it, you know. So I say, um, right. "I'm adopted," right? I was adopted, or I'm an adoptee. I use the word "I'm adoptee," but I, I only use that because it's it's quicker to say that. You know, right. in, 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 you know, thriving adoptees, thriving adopted children. Well, no, that's a little bit narrow, and you know what I mean, um, but yeah, we I, what we identify with. I think if if we, you know, what. Uh, I, was, I was talking to somebody about this one thing. What's the difference between um, wounded and, and broken? Right? So, like primal wound, wounded, wounded or broken. And and the lady I was speaking to was who was this? It's, 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 uh, it slipped my mind. She said, "Well, broken things get thrown away." Hmm. And I thought. That's that's good, you know. Um, but you know, when we see we're broken, I meant in terms of wounded and broken mean kind of the same things to me. Mm-hmm. Not not to her, but like, but you. You can't break spirit, can you? You can you can lose faith, but you can lose faith, but you can't break faith. Do you see what I mean? You can't wound faith. You can lose it. You can lose sight of it. Yeah. It, you can you can struggle in your faith. You can yeah. You know you can lose sight of that hope and you know, go down the rabbit hole, as you said, but you can't, you can't break, once you're a child of God, you're a child of God and, you know, you can't lose that. Yeah. 
So, um, what incredible, um, incredible as as one of eleven, um, one of eleven kids. So, how long is you? How old is your youngest sibling? My youngest sibling is two. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So very young, um, but I, I'm the oldest by my next oldest sibling is five years younger than me. Yeah. Um, just because of, you know, my family situation, but it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. So what, um, what can you, what, what can you share that you, with, uh, adoptive parents listening? about that about about what it's been like or like how long ago did you leave how long did you long ago did you leave leave home when you went Uh, to college or or I I left for college nine years ago yeah um but you know was home a lot um and then got married five years ago so I've been out of the house for five years yeah okay um but I think for adoptive parents, a lot of times they're worried about, um, their biological kids and, and how they'll react to the adoption. Um, and it's not always easy. Um, you know, as we've said, there's, there's that trauma there's, um, that most children experience. Um, and when you bring that into your home, you know, your other kids are going to be impacted by that. Um, they're going to experience some of that. Um, but I would say the joy of adoption and, and learning, you know, about my own spiritual adoption, both through looking at my siblings and in my own story. Um, and then, you know, growing as a family and, and learning, this is, this is a new normal. This is how to interact with, you know, people that may not be exactly like you. Um, and I feel like the lessons that I've learned through my family and through my parents and those experiences, as we said, have been instrumental in, in my growth as a person um, and in, in the way that I act and in the way that I do things. Um, and so I think there's a lot of fear in bringing a child into their family and how that's going to mess up what they have going. And to be honest, things are going to change, but with any child, things are going to change. Um, and I think there's a lot of joy and a lot of hope and a lot of good things that come out of that. And so I would just encourage parents that, you know, are nervous about that to, to keep moving forward as, as the Lord's having them move forward and um, to believe that he's got it under control with their kids and to believe that they, that there's a better plan for them and that the Lord's going to do a lot in their lives through this adoption, just as much as these parents' lives. Yeah. So um, when when the, when there's eleven you on, uh, or thirteen of you on the move, it must be some 
Oh yeah. You know, we got a whole bus. Um, we, we load up in there and it's, there's never a dull moment. It's, it's always a blast. Yeah. Yeah. We were there, as I told you, we were there for our gender reveal party yesterday and all the kids, you know, running around, they were making their guess of if it was a boy or a girl and, um, just always crazy, but so fun. So fun. Yeah. What, um, what challenges have you seen your, your, um, your parents go through with, with us, with the tribe? Yeah, I think, um, there have been a lot of things and probably things that I haven't seen myself. Um, but watching your child struggle through their trauma, you know, and encouraging them to, to remain hopeful, to look, you know, to look towards Christ. And I mean, I don't think it's ever easy to see your child go through something difficult and watching them help my siblings and myself through those times of processing um, and those times of processing grief and trauma. I know that that's tough for them um, because they don't want their kids to hurt. They don't want their kids to suffer um, and they want to care for them well um, and to point them towards that hope. And so I feel like that's probably been the most difficult things for them. Um, is is watching their kids struggle and I'm, and I'm guessing that they've lent on their their faith for this year. oh yes yes very much so and and to what extent do they bring that to the fore um, with the kids i mean it's part of our family it's part of the culture of our family um, and, you know, they believe, and I believe that our hope is in Christ and, and they want all of their children to have that same hope and to, to have that same faith. And so it's part of the family, it's part of the culture, and they're going to train up because they believe that's where we find our hope. And Yeah. So the next question, I don't know whether they ask, I'm just going to go for it now. So what would you say to somebody that isn't religious on that point? I mean, I think I would say that we all need hope, that we all have that we all need to hope in something. And I believe that we can't trust in ourselves and we can't trust in what we can do because we're imperfect. Um, and so I would, I would encourage those who don't believe to, you know, seek what is true to, to look for truth and to look for hope and, um, to instill those things in their kids. 
It's tricky, the imperfection thing, because I'm not with you on that. Do you know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm spiritual, but not religious, but the imperfection stuff, I, 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 struggle, I struggle with that. Um, I was close to, to, to doing, work, doing work with a religious organisation, and, and that was the... Um, they, that, that was their... Um, they decided they didn't want to work with me because of that. Because I, I I was on the perfection stuff, so they were imperfect. I, I struggle with that. So the the hope thing is for me. I, I use this. This is for the non-religious listeners, right? So mm-hmm. I use this phrase a lot. Um, this quote a lot. The fact that we are spiritual beings having a human experience a french philosopher once said and the hope for me is in that spiritual being that we are so you might in in exchange for your children of god right i'm I'm substituting spiritual beings and then the spiritual beings having the human experience but all our focus is in in that because life is a contact sport and because we go through suffering grief and trauma that's all in the human experience but the um the hope is on focusing on the children of god spiritual being part of the phrase rather than the human experience stuff that sucks us that that that, that sucks that sucks us in uh, sucks us in and spits us out I think sometimes um, because obviously nobody wants that as you say nobody wants their kids to nobody wants their kids to suffer so it's um, and I think if we look for ways to, you know, encourage our kids and how can we serve them and, and care for them well, so that, so that maybe we can be there in the midst of their suffering because they're going to suffer, they're going to struggle, but how can we be an encouragement and, and a resource and a trusted source to them? Um, you know, to, to be that encouragement in the times when they feel like they don't have hope. How yeah. can we continue to, to show that hope to them? Yeah. And the hope comes, I think the word encouragement, I think it's got, I think it's Latin and, and, and cur is, is, is French for heart. C, C O E U R. And then obviously mm-hmm. encouragement as in courage, courageous is all about our heart. So it's all about, again, we're talking about in a world that's kind of obsessed with the psychological, what's going on in the head, we're focusing on what's going on in the heart with encouragement. Um, And the other thing for me on this is that no amount amount of fear is actually going to make 
the situation any better. So some, if we've got hope and love on one side of the on, on one side of the um, equation, and then we've got uh, fear and trauma on the other, or, or, or worry. Right. So I used to worry. I'm pretty good at worrying. And then I'd worry about worrying. And then I'd worry about worrying about worrying. But none of that actually makes the situation any better. Mm-mm. So we, we might as well be hopeful. Because <laughs> whether, whether we can be an optimist, whether, whether we're an optimist or a pessimist, it's, it's still kind of, we're still, the result's still going to be the, kind of the same. I'm not really into that. Not really into that, you know, manifesting stuff. Um, and then because we've got this whole, we've got a whole industry telling us that we should be afraid of our fear. We we have to get rid of our fear. But what we focus on gets bigger. So if we're focusing on our fear, we're kind of making it more real. We're doing. Mm-hmm. We're back to the trauma ball at the start of where we mm-hmm. were at the start of the conversation. So um, I'm just conscious of conscious of time. Uh, what um, we haven't touched on any of the kind of that, the transracial stuff because I know that adds a lot of complexity. As a white guy, uh, as a white guy who was adopted by white white parents, I, I don't have a handle on that transracial adoption piece. Oh, a lived experience of that, anyway. Right. Uh, is there anything bad that you that you've seen that that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, and I'm I'm no expert on the subject, um, but you know, have experienced a family that's you know has a lot of transracial adoptions and. I think that being very intentional about making different cultures a part of your family. And so we, you know, we'll celebrate Chinese New Year um, for, you know, when, when that comes around and that's, you know, kind of honoring my brothers who are from China, their culture. Um, and I mean, that's, that's just a specific example, but there's things that we do and things that we've learned and adopted in our family um, throughout the year um, that try to really integrate each of our cultures into, you know, into one. And so, so that my siblings don't lose all of it, um, but that they have an understanding of where they come from. You know, my brother, he's, African-American and, um, in, in our culture, in our context, like where he gets his haircut is important. And so that they take him to this barber shop. Um, and it's, it's a great experience. It's, it's always fun to take him, but you know, he, he's really experiencing that part of the African-American culture in, um, being in this barber shop and having his hair done by these the guys who look like him, who can pour into him, um, which which is really neat to see. 
Yeah, uh, and you, you touched on earlier on that um, you've got that the, the family, the family culture, and, and 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 your faith is clearly the the bigger thing, isn't it? It's about a, a, a it's about a, a, a family, so family culture that that brings together di- the diversity of the right. individual uh, individual kids it's one cohesive whole with different flavors i guess i don't know right and i i think it's given a unique perspective to those of us who don't come from that culture um because we've learned things about other cultures and i think that adds value um and yeah it's cool to to be part of those those other things that we may not have learned about before yeah is, is there anything else you'd like to share before we bring this into it is there a question i'm not think, asked i don't think so i'm, yeah, I'm cool. thankful thankful for having been on yeah thank you um so check out uh what Skip and um, and uh, Herbie do, uh, there'll be there's links be links in the in the in the show notes to that to the website and the social channels. So check out what they do at Lifeline. And uh, thanks a lot, Skip. It's been great. Been a great Thank conversation. You. Okay. Thanks, listeners. Goodbye.